Hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. Before I introduce our guest today, um, I always like to tell people a little bit about us because we're always getting new listeners. And bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks was created because of my mom's own journey with dementia for 30 years. It really affected our families, and we really wanted... Um, to be able to connect people to resources of value so that they could make their own choices um, to help support them on this journey. And so bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. You see, we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we can actually change life with dementia. We can help remove the stigmas and the isolation and empower people to continue to live purpose-filled lives and to continue to be engaged um, in their families and their communities. At our core, we know collaboration is really the only way we're going to win this battle. And I have to thank each and every one of you. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares, With all of our content, be it the radio, the blog, our YouTube channel, um, our Dementia Chats webinars, um, speaking and training uh, gigs that we do, all of those things that you're pushing out to your Facebook friends, your Twitter tribes, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Pinterest peeps, um, are helping people see that this is an issue today and that there are resources and all of us have people in our sphere of influence that are dealing with this, but they just haven't told anybody. They're not quite ready, but like, but like the rest of us, the more comfortable we can feel, um, the easier it is for us to, to share what it is we're going through. And so again, I just want to thank you for continuing to support us because through your support, we got recognized as the number one influencer online, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz. And this last fall, we were just um, acknowledged as an architect of change by Maria Shriver. And both of those recognitions extend to you because without you, um, they never would have happened. So I, I just thank you. And I want you to know the power of one. Those few seconds really make a difference in other people's lives. And um, we hope that you'll continue to support Alzheimer Speaks in Raising Voice. We also want to let you know that maybe you could be our next guest. You see, we, we want everybody's voice heard. So if you're living with dementia, maybe you're caring for somebody with dementia or have cared for somebody in the past. Maybe you're a business. Maybe you're a film director like we have on today or a musician or an author or a researcher. Um, You know, we want to hear from everyone because it takes a village to push through this and to get creative. Um, I also want to give a couple of shout outs. One is to the Alzheimer's Research uh, and Prevention Foundation. They really focus more on holistic things, 
exercise, diet, meditation, and they have a, a four pillars program that I think you'd be really interested in. I also want to give a shout out to the Call Alert Center, which is um, a great organization that pulls together information prior to an emergency arising. And if somebody were to wander, you could you could get that information out in like 10 minutes um, to just help speed things up. The last thing I want to mention before I introduce Dawn, our guest today is, uh, if you haven't heard, we're doing a cruise, and it's November 11th through the 18th, and it's going to be phenomenal. It'll be an Eastern Caribbean cruise. It's seven days, and we have a wonderful team. We have four people with dementia who are going to have a great voice in our symposium, Harry Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shearer, and Mary Reed. And then I have a couple other professionals who are going to join me um, in teaching. Cindy Lazinski, who heads up a Northern Colorado dementia-friendly group, and Becky Watson, who is a music therapist. And then our terrific travel agent is an RN and really specializes in um, in uh, group events. And she's just doing a wonderful job helping us coordinate the symposium. And that is Kathy Schof. So... If you're interested, go to Alzheimer Speaks. You'll see it all over the website. We'd love to have you join us. And book now because we are getting interest all over the, all over the world. And we have um, several groups from different memory cafes that are coming uh, to join in as well. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. Um, we have Don Fields with us, who is the director, producer, editor, and co-writer of the multi-award-winning short film called Fragile Storm. And it stars Lance Henriksen. And it's just this heartbreaking caregiving story. So bring your tissues, but it will also warm your heart at the depths of love that this uh, that this story tells in just such a short, tight um, time frame. Dawn is currently focused on promoting the film, and it's now available free at FragileStorm.com. That's FragileStorm.com. And then, of course, Dawn is also in development of her uh, first feature film, which I'm sure she'll tell us about. So welcome, Dawn. How are you today? Hi, I'm great, Lori. How are you? I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Let's start with, you know, how did this film get started? You know, out of all the topics that you could pick, how the heck did you land on a caregiver story? Well, first of all, let me back up two seconds and just thank you for that wonderful intro and telling us all about your, you know, your organization and all the great work that you guys do. I, I learned even more about what you guys do through that than I already knew. And so I just want to thank you for everything that you do to help the community. Um, thank you. Very much appreciated. So I just wanted to give that shout out for sure. And thank you for that. Um, the project actually came to me because I've been a filmmaker for over 20 years and I ran a screenplay contest many, many years ago, um, just putting out on my Facebook that, Hey, I'm, I want to do a short film who has a script and we got like 300 submissions. Mm -hmm. And out of that uh, fragile storm, which was then called fragment, uh, made it into the top three. And then from there, I had several other people come in and chime in on their favorite. And that one won like 90% of the votes was hands down for that film or for that script. Um, and so I don't have any experience with Alzheimer's specifically, but 
the concept of this story and the heartbreak behind it and the light that it shines on awareness was just too powerful to resist. And I kind of made a vow at that time that no matter what it takes, no matter what we have to do, we're going to get this film made and we're going to get it made right. Um, and that ended up not actually being a very easy road. Um, we, we, our whole team has literally fought like hell to get this film made and, and to bring it to life. And everyone agrees at this point with the result that it was definitely worth it. Yeah, sometimes you got to walk on, walk through the fire <laughs> to move things forward, and you just don't see it coming all the time, um, how difficult um, collaborations can be, um, especially when you feel so passionate about something. It's so clear in your mind, but it's uh, it's getting it clear in everybody else's mind to move it forward um, and just getting those those right team members make a significant difference. In, in, yeah, and peop- most people don't understand how expensive, not only how expensive it is to make a high-quality film, even of a short length as this one without credits. This film's actually only eight and a half minutes long. Um, but most people don't realize the, the village, you know, you talked about a village before, the village that it takes to make a film and how each one of those people on that team or in that village has a very critical role to play. And you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately... When we first went out to film the movie, we didn't have the right team together. And I, I just said to everybody, I'm like, look, this script deserves way more than what's happening to it. Mm-hmm. And we made a very tough decision to to shut that down, regroup, start over, raise all that money again. It was, you know, again, like I said, a long road. Um, but I just made this commitment. I'm like, the, sto- the message is too important. The story is too important to not do the absolute best job that we can. And um, I, I would recommend anyone listening right now even to, you know, go to the website and watch the movie. And then maybe you'll have a, a little bit better understanding of what we're talking about. But um, we're just really hoping it raises raises awareness and makes a difference. Yeah, and I, and I think it definitely, it definitely has already. There's been so much buzz about this film. Um, now, I know that it's a you know, multi-award winner. Can you share some of the awards that you've won for this film? Oh my gosh! Well, uh, the, I can give you the numbers, which are really incredible. We we only did a very small film festival run because the ultimate goal for this film, even right from day one, was that it was short enough and contained enough to go viral online and try to raise awareness. That was always what it was meant to do. Um, so we went into the film festival circuit, handpicking the ones we wanted to be in during the time we wanted to be on the festival circuit. We were only going to do a six-month run, but we were having so much success, we ended up going a little bit over a year. Um, but out of that, we played, I think, 25 or 26 festivals, and from that, we got 20 nominations and almost 17 wins, I think. Wow. So every, everything from Best Short to Best Director, Lance Henriksen won several Best Actor Awards, Um screenplay I mean you cinematography I mean you just you name it we just were really really blessed and fortunate on the film festival circuit that audiences and judges just you know really got what we were trying to do and were really moved by it well that's pretty dang exciting was this your first short that you did or it actually was the first it was the very first short film that I ever directed um I had been a producer for many years and then when we, when we were 
first trying to do this, we were hiring directors and we went through several that just weren't working out. They just didn't get it. They weren't doing it the way I felt it needed to be done. And finally, my team said to me, well, why don't you just direct it? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't directed anything in 20 years. So it's like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm, you know I've been producing, not directing. So that was a real challenge, too, to make that that transition from producing into directing. But boy, am I really glad that I did. Oh, exciting. Um, it, 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 it changed the way I feel about film. Like even 20 years in the business, I look at films differently now that I look at stories through the eyes of a writer director. It changed everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I would imagine just the industry as a whole has uh, gone through such um, huge changes um, just with the technology and then just the twists of interests and, and things. And um I mean, and who would think that there would even be a film initially on on Alzheimer's or dementia? And you're you're seeing more of those pop up. This one is a very um, emotional film, and um, can you can you tell people a little bit about the the storyline? What, what you know? What um, what did you really want people to walk away with um, from the film? Well, the way I kind of pitch it to people without giving away too much is I always say, you know, the movie opens up and you think it's like this dark, scary horror film where this young, beautiful girl is being held captive by this really scary, frightening older man. But then as the story progresses, you find out that something really more powerful and a lot more heartbreaking is really going on. And then there's a twist and a reveal that comes at the end that, you know, many people use the word shocking and heartbreaking and, you know, kind of, if, if you don't know, like, like, you know, your listeners might have a little bit of clues to the subject matter, but when we were on the festival circuit and people were watching this cold, like not knowing anything about it, almost everyone said, hands down, I did not see that coming. That was one of the best twists I've ever seen. It, it, you didn't give it away at all. I was right there in it. And then like, Oh my gosh, it ended up being this whole other thing. But I would say that what we were trying to accomplish is we were, I wanted to tell a dual perspective story. I wanted you to think in the beginning that the young girl was the victim and the one kind of, you know, going through this horror story. But as the film kind of transitions into this other ending, you realize that it's really him that's in his own hell and his own horror and, and kind of telling both sides of those stories. So in the beginning, we're kind of in her reality. In the end, we're kind of in his. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the strategy from a director's standpoint is to kind of how to tell that story. Well, and I think what's interesting in this is, you know, you refer to it as, you know, some people will, will think it's almost a, a horror story. But, you know, this is, is living out in homes all over the U.S. Um, this, you know, scenario in one, in one twist or another, and yet nobody talks about it, you know, because it's a, it's kind of a shameful um, thing, or people, people are ashamed of it, even though no one can really control it. Everyone's really trying to do the best they can with it. Um, there's just this sadness and this loss and this need to protect and. Um, and the damage that is done to to both parties in terms of trying to do it all on your own, um, I, I think it's yeah. A- and it, it, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was interesting because when we first started going out on the circuit, I was a little bit nervous because creativity, create, creatively, I did take some license in the beginning to heighten the sense of threat and danger and lightning cracking and rain and thunder and dark shadows and all these kind of things, you know. So I did take some liberties there creatively, mostly to say it, that's her reality. Not so much that I was trying to trick the audience per se, but I was trying to get the audience inside how, how this is so frightening for her. Mm-hmm. In her reality, it is this frightening. And and then, of course, I guess we can just go ahead and, and be honest about what the subject is really about, because hopefully people have either seen it by now or, or will. The real issue at hand here is violence and caregiving. And when we first came out with it, we, I was worried, one, that people would think, oh, she went too far with you know, tricking the audience with this horror tone film in the beginning. And then we were also nervous about the slap mm-hmm. and, the, and the fact that he has her tied up. In, mm-hmm. in some scenes. And, you know, we, we were afraid there was going to be some backlash to that. But surprisingly, at every Q&A at every festival, I asked that question in the beginning, because I was curious. And people all every single festival, people raised their hand and said, No, you did not go too far. And it is like that. And I'm like, wow, what have we tapped into here? We thought we were kind of dramatizing this story and trying to make a point and you know in a very dramatic way and really bring awareness to something only to find out that it's more realistic than we thought yeah because because families do struggle and I mean I remember growing up and I'm in my you know mid to late 50s now but I remember um people saying you know you know grandma lives upstairs or she doesn't live leave the house and there was that protectiveness but nobody really knew how they were protecting her from from harming herself um from leaving and i've had people call me that say that they've locked their parents in the house because they have to go to work um you know and, and done different done different things maybe not tied them down but lock literally locked them in a room and um wow. yeah there's well that well that's well that's what he does in this movie too it opens up with him coming in and unlocking the door and revealing that you know she was supposed to be tied to the bed but she got loose she got up and she busted out a window and was trying to get out mm-hmm. uh, so i mean we op- we open with that so it's like bam in your face yeah you know um and and that was intentional i'm like look you know if we're going to make an impact then let's just do this and one of the directors that i'd hired previously was was on board initially and I said look the one thing you can't do is change the script because everybody loves the script mm-hmm. and over the course of rehearsals and talking about it somebody people started buzzing in his ear and he started feeling bad about how far we took the the, the rawness and the brutality of it and he said no 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 she wouldn't be tied up like that if he loved her he would lay her on her side gently and tie her up this way and he wouldn't do this and he wouldn't do that and I'm like Everybody on the team, even everybody who was working on it because they had an experience in Alzheimer's said, that's not the film we're making. Mm-hmm. And we all agreed that that was not the way to go. And nobody agreed with him. And that's, you know, just, again, one of the reasons I ended up directing because we, we kept having trouble with different issues with different directors, but nobody really seeing it the way we all signed on to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we took a risk and, you know, it seems to be paying off. Like I said, I'm still surprised to this day, the comments that we get and the support and people saying, thank you. I lived this story and this happened to me and I didn't think anybody else 
experience this. And, and we did get some, some flack from a couple of organizations who were like, oh, you're setting caregiving back 20 years. And, you know, it's not really, we don't want to put fear into people and to have people be scared about caregiving and stuff like that. It's like, well, that's not what we were trying to do at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's the opposite. It's a cautionary tale. It's like, it's a heartbreaking tale of, you know, how bad things can be when your love gets in the way and you may or may not actually be doing what's best for that person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where anytime anybody is too close to something, it gets really complicated really quickly. And right. caregiving isn't any different, you know, with that at all. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, an interesting, very interesting piece um, that you've done. Um, in terms of you know your own situation, have you have you or were any of your cast touched by dementia at all? Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, um, the first round of shooting that we did. I estimated that 80% of the cast and crew involved got involved because they had a personal story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were willing to work for free and donate their time and services and equipment just for that reason. Um, It kind of became this thing where once we started telling people kind of what it was about and what we were doing, every time we mentioned it to somebody, somebody had a story. Mm Or somebody said they can relate. I haven't, you know, unfortunately, my parents died young. Um, my grandparents lived to be fairly, uh, you know, decent ages, but they didn't have, there was no Alzheimer's in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had to, to deal with it, thankfully, you know, in, in my life. But so many people have. And if you go to the website, we have not only the film, but a bunch of behind the scenes interviews and stuff that we did. And we dedicated one whole video to the cast and crew telling their personal caregiving stories. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Um, That's, um, that's powerful stuff to get, you know, their stories in there as well. Was there, um, was there anything in terms of doing the film that you would do differently looking back? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, no, no, there's not actually. Um, no, I think it's, it's really weird to say it's one of those, you know, a lot of directors and filmmakers will tell you, Oh, if I could go back, I'd change this and I'd do that differently. But, but honestly, I think it, it came out exactly the way I had hoped it would come out and it's getting exactly the kind of response we were hoping it would get. Great. Um, it's, it's raising awareness. It's starting a dialogue. I mean, we're, we're welcome to even people who disagree with the way we treated the material, you know, it's, it's healthy debate. As long as it gets people talking and raising awareness, that's all, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I look at things too. It's not, you know, you don't have to agree to get along. (laughs) You just have to agree in a respectful fashion um, to disagree. Now, now I I will say in hindsight, do I wish we had pulled off what, what the film that we ended up with? Do I wish we had pulled that off the first time we went to shoot it? Yeah, that's the one thing I would change for sure. <laughs> um, because we lo- not only did it, did we lose a lot of money over that, but we lost a lot of time. You know, we, like you said, there are more and more Alzheimer's and caregiving films and short films 
coming out now, but, you know, we started this journey four or five years ago, and we would have really been the forerunner of that. We would have come out before Still Alice mm-hmm. um, if that hadn't happened. So in a way, I feel like we're a little bit behind the curve. So the only, the, I think the only thing I would change is maybe if we had gotten it done a little sooner and a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I will say this. Um, I think things are meant to happen for a reason because the way things happen forced us to go, okay, well, now we need a lead actor in the film. Too much money is being invested. We need to, you know, to up our game a little bit. And that's when we started looking at name actors. And that's when Lance Henriksen's name got brought up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, as soon as I looked at him and I, you know, started considering him in the role, I'm like, guys, he's it. If we can't get him, we're not doing the film. Mm-hmm. Um, because he so embodies that character, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it the film is what it is because of him. Uh huh. And um, so maybe things were meant to be, you know. Well, and part of it, I think, is if you would have done it earlier, you know, um, still Alice kind of helps set the stage for this um, and open people's eyes a little bit more. Because I mean, I've been pushing on this stuff for years and I think, oh my gosh, this is painful waiting for, you know, society to get ready <laughs> for this stuff. Right. And right. Um, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And so I was going to say, so, so maybe some of those delays was really just the, the universe saying, we want to line a few more things up. So you really get aired and seen the way you deserve to be. Well, and it wouldn't have been as good a film, you know, the first time around. I, I, after that first attempt, I spent the next year directing as many short films as I could and getting as much experience as I could to make sure that I did my part moving forward to, to make sure that things ran better and went more smoothly. Um, and, you know, and the other thing, too, is as bad as things are right now and as much as we're all kind of a little bit fearful of what's going on in the White House and all that kind of stuff, I will say that you know, a lot of attention is about to be drawn to health care. It already started and then it got overshadowed a little bit with the whole um, Comey thing. But it's it's going to it's going to lean back towards that really soon where we're all up in arms again over health care. Mm-hmm. And I know that one of the bills and one of the big concerns is, is how is this going to affect so many people with Alzheimer's? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Yeah. So, yeah. So, so maybe it, maybe in a way our film will help raise awareness and shed some light on the importance of healthcare. Maybe the timing was meant to be. I don't you know who can say. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those things we'll we'll never really know. Um, but we can because because we kept waiting and waiting and waiting to release this film because we did a we we committed to a release last November November sixth and like I said you know we started sending the film out a little bit. And then when the election happened on November 8th, we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, social media is all abuzz now about this. We're going to get drowned out in the chatter. Mm-hmm. So we, we stopped promoting the film. We pulled back and we said, let's just wait, see how things go and let's see if we can find a better time. Mm-hmm. And people warned us. They're like, no, things are going to get worse before they get better. And I'm like, no, I don't want to believe that that's true. <laughs> uh, but it has been true. Yep. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. It has been true. And, you know, we were going to wait till June to promote the film because of Alzheimer's Brain Awareness Month. But, you know, then a few weeks ago when the whole health care thing blew up, I'm like, well, if our film can help, if it can raise awareness, if it can help make a difference, let's just go ahead and release it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that and then we'll, we'll do a, a big push again in, in June when, when it's Awareness Month. But 
it's there. You never know when a good time is going to be right. And we lost a lot of time waiting for social media to calm down and it's just kind of not happening. No, no. And it doesn't look like it's going to either in the, in the near future. It's just the way it is, you know, right now. But, um, but that's okay. Everything, everything happens for a reason and we don't always have to understand it. It's really about acceptance and moving forward and knowing you did the best you could with, you know, the tools and the time and the talent that you had at the moment and making the best possible decisions and, and that's all any of us can do, you know, is is try. Um, and I, I loved your tenacity of sticking with this because a lot of people, you know, could have easily walked away from it and just said, Meh, you know, this is getting too complicated and timing's not right and funding. I mean, you can have 10 million excuses and casting and whatever. And you you didn't do that. You you hung tight onto this concept and, and your vision um, for what this film could do for the world. And so I thank you for that. That's really. Oh, you're thank. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I think as women, we have very strong instincts and I, I lead with that a lot. And in the beginning, my producers were telling me I didn't listen to my gut enough. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start listening to my gut. Then it's not right. It's not right. And we have to wait until it's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of stuck to that because like I said, I, there's literally a point where I made a promise. I'm not going to my grave until this film has done it's we do justice to this film. Mm -hmm. That's how important it was to me. And a lot of people would say, well, that's kind of crazy for an eight minute short film, but it's been that important to us. Mm -hmm. And um, our strategy now is, is it, you know, it is available online for free. We've pulled back a little bit on the promotion until June. And then in June, we're going to send out big press releases. We're going to appeal to all the celebrities who endorse Alzheimer's and support, not endorse, sorry, support Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. Um, and, you know, see if they'll share it or tweet it or whatever. So anyone who's listening, yes, feel free to share, but we're really doing our, our big push in June and we're just trying to figure out what we need to do to make this thing go viral. Mm-hmm. And they say you can't make a film go viral, but there are things you can do to, to help make it possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we'll see, but it takes a lot. If, if no one understands how this works, you've never done it before. It takes an incredible amount of work and effort to get millions of people to see your film. Yeah, and, and it, it is hard to know how to tap um, the audience, no matter how how big it is and, and how long it's been out there. Um, you know, how do you how do you get to it? How do you wrap your your arms around it? And um, you know, and it, it really kind of takes a village for for everybody to work together and. Um, and figure out where to go um, and um, help push, push information out um, to. One are you another. familiar with, uh, are you familiar with the tipping point? No. Uh-uh. Malcolm Gladwell's the tipping point. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called the tipping point, And that's, it's very relevant in this mm-hmm. situation because we're trying to figure out it, it's kind of like these things that take off like wildfire don't necessarily always happen coincidentally or sometimes they don't happen accidentally. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It always takes certain efforts being put into certain areas that, and then everything comes together. Mm-hmm. And he uses in the book, he uses Paul Revere as an example. You know, there were a lot of people going around warning people, but it wasn't until Paul Revere got the word and because of who he knew that he was able to really spread the word. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so he uses that as an example. So we're trying to figure out, you know, we just need to do all these different things and then hope we reach that tipping point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's exciting times. There's a lot going on. There's an awful lot going on. And, um, 
you know, I really wish you the the best with this. Is there uh, is there anything else that you want to share about the film, Don, with our audience? Um, just you know the fact that you know in June, hopefully everyone will kind of see it being shared on their Twitter and their Facebook, and we'll jump in and kind of help us push it to to get it to that tipping point. Um, just also for those people who just prefer things on on DVD, we do have the DVD available on the website as well as T-shirts that are, you know, kind of based on lines and themes from the film. And um, we are going to hopefully be on Amazon Prime between, sometime between now and June as well. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's um, exciting. Well, please keep us posted. And again, uh, the best website for them to go to is FragileStorm.com. That's FragileStorm.com. And uh, check out this uh, um, multi-award-winning short film. Uh, you won't, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, you will feel a, a large range of emotions watching this film. And, you know, you're going to look at um, caregiving, the caregiving experience and dementia um, on the whole very differently than you probably did. And most likely you'll have an opinion. And it might differ from uh, the director and the director's view, and that's okay. Um, let Dawn know. Uh, but there's been such an outpouring um, of support for this film and the attention that it's drawing uh, to the world of, of caregiving and being a care partner. And for that, we thank you so much, Dawn. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. I, I hope it does its job in raising awareness and opening that dialogue. That's what it was intended to do. And we, we even have a forum, a discussion board on the website if people do want to express their opinions or tell their stories. We're, we're, we want to hear from, like you said in the beginning, every voice counts. Mm-hmm. Yep, it sure does. It sure does. Well, thank you again for being with us. Really appreciate it um, so much. And uh, we wish you all the luck in the world. Are you working on another uh, another film? I know you talked about working on a feature film. I am. One of the uh, additional benefits from Fragile Storm having so much success is that it's now launched me into writing and directing my first feature film. Mm-hmm. And... In a complete departure, the film is actually a holiday horror fantasy film called Zombie Elves. And that's exactly what it sounds like. What if there was a zombie outbreak on the North Pole? Mm -hmm. And several people have asked me, how do you go from such a heartbreaking, tear-jerking film like Fragile Storm to Zombie Elves? And my answer is very simple. I'm bringing the same kind of heart and soul and even tear-jerking moments into that film. It is yeah, there's zombies in it, and there's a bad thing that happens on the North Pole, and there's some real danger and stuff like that. But at the heart of it, it's a heartwarming Christmas story with family themes and, and you know, the magic of Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And, and so in that regard, I think I am the perfect person to do it because other some other filmmaker might make it cheesy or just a slasher film or some kind of campy horror film or something like that. But I'm actually making it a legitimate, heartfelt Christmas movie that you know, hopefully we'll, we'll come back year after year and become like that one, one of the, one of those Christmas movies that you want to see every year. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's nice to actually be able to do something that is a little bit lighter and has some comedic moments and and, and is kind of in a whole different genre. Um, Cause we've, we've been living with the heartbreak of fragile storm for so long, you know? Um, 
so I'm so I'm kind of excited to 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 jump into to something a little bit different. But Fragile Storm is what made it all possible. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, and um, wishing you the best of luck in the future, Dawn. For those, thank you so much. Well, thank you. For those of you that are new to the Live and Social Network, I encourage you to uh, check out all of our archive shows. We've been doing this for about six years, so there's lots of different voices to hear, lots of uh, great support and services that you can find out about. Um, You might also want to check into one of the podcasts here, which is called What's for Dinner Tonight by Rachel Perrin, who's the Culinary uh, Director for the Kowalski's Market. It's perfect when you're busy and you have only 10 or 15 minutes to figure out what's for dinner. Um, They also have a delicious seasonal menu suggestion on their website, kowalskis.com. That's K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I-S dot com. And please um, join us on our Dementia Friendly Symposium in Cruise November 11th through the 18th. We're going to be going to the Caribbean for a week. We have four people um, that are dealing with early memory loss, Harry uh, Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shearer, and Mary Reed, along with a couple other professionals, Cindy Lazinski, who is working with the um, Colorado, Northern Colorado dementia-friendly community, and Becky Watson um, will be joining me as well, who is a music therapist, along with our wonderful uh, travel agent and cruise director, Kathy Schof. Um, if you are listening and you're in the position to either sponsor or donate to help others with dementia go, please uh, please contact me at Lori at Alzheimer's Speaks, or you can always call me at 651-748-4714. Um, we are encouraging people with early memory loss and their families to come together on this cruise and um, create some remarkable moments and meet others traveling the same journey. You also might want to check out the blog posts. We've had a couple recently here. Uh, One I just wrote was um, about my mother and how she's inspired many. And if you need a good chuckle, that shows our family in the 70s with a really bad hair day, which is pretty, pretty hilarious. Um, and then Deborah Schaus uh, wrote a really nice uh, story about widening the world through travel when it comes to dementia. Um, if you are looking for a memory cafe um, in your area, uh, check out Calendar Cards, and that's with a K for calendar and cards. Or you can go to Alzheimer's Speaks to our initiatives and projects and click on the uh, Memory Cafe page and you will um, be able to link right to Dave's directory there. Wrapping up, uh, don't forget, um, keep in mind whenever you're visiting three simple things. Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? Have a great day now. Bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.